0: Hello, and welcome to the show that, despite the pleas of our families and friends, simply
1: will not stop talking about D&D. So, ready your spells and weapons, grab the shiniest set of your math rocks, and prepare for critical friendship.
0: So today we're talking about uh, some creatures and monsters.
1: Of our favorite variety. Yeah. So, Blake, how do you want to do this? Well, first, um, I want to set up a little bit of... uh of ground rules. Um third party source material is allowed. Um as is, you know, random cool stuff that you found online doesn't have to be balanced to be amazing, but um <laughs> yeah, I mean a, a lot of my favorites come from like Kobold Press and stuff like that. They have so many great compendiums of uh, compendiums of monsters and some of these I've not even ever gotten to run, but I just I love the concept of them.
0: Yeah, my whole list is is ones I have not gotten to run, except for like one or two. Mm-hmm. So, and I have a decent amount of
1: of uh, yeah. <laughs> monsters here. So, and I I already guessed at one of them, and I was like, oh, was it that thing we had to fight in that one shot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it
0: was, it was a fun one. I like that. Don't it. remember
1: its name, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> uh so yeah go ahead and uh start us off Blake so generally speaking the criteria I use for like picking a monster and and actually getting to use it is it has lore that just piques my interest like it just like I, I generally am drawn to something by what it looks like mm-hmm. and then afterwards I start researching and finding out you know where it came from who you know, originally made it like what edition was it published in? Was it ever published in an edition? Yeah. And then I, I kind of go from there and then I end up using it in the game and not even touching on the lore at all because people are just (laughs) like, Oh, Hey, it's a baddie. Stab it to death. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I would say that first off, I'm probably going to go with one of my favorite encounters that I've ever run. Um, I think I've touched on it very like, briefly in one of our other episodes mm-hmm. and it is a specific creature called the lonely. It is in a uh, category of creatures called the sorrow sworn and there's four or five of them and they go like, you know, in different tiers from like easier and weaker to harder. So it's like uh the lonely or no, no, no. It's, it's the wretched, the lost, the lonely, the hungry and the angry. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and they're they're all, like, different manifestations of extreme, like, despairing emotions. Mm. So it's generally somebody whose soul or physical body gets stuck in the plane of shadow. And they're trying to find their way back to civilization, or they've lost all their friends, or they're dying of starvation, or they're enraged about something. And then the corrupting energy of that plane just kind of takes over in their final moments and they become one of these sorrow sworn. Mm -hmm. And the thing I loved so much about the lonely, like if you look at it, um, I don't know if we'll put pictures up, but we might. We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The thing about the lonely is like when you're just flipping through the books, it doesn't look like a terribly like frightening, you know, creature. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of this like weird hunched over blue dude with like black tears running down his face. And then you take a second look at him. And the bottoms of his legs, instead of feet, are these weird little spikes. Mm. And then his arms—one of them, like you know, right around the forearm, it changes from an arm form to this really long spike. And then the other arm is like extended and almost like laying coiled on the ground. Oh, and impaled on the spike on the end is a human arm that's been like speared by it. Ooh. And essentially, this thing it it it's overcome with the emotions of it got lost by itself it's it's desperately wanting that companionship again that it used to have with its friends and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so when it sees the adventurers it it just wants to reach out to them so yeah. it's not necessarily a malicious thing but it's that desire for companionship that has been twisted and darkened and corrupted by the Shadowfell. Yeah. And so Ooh. its attack is literally it just reaching out and trying to claim a companion. hmm Which it does so with spear arms. Right. <laughs> now, the interesting... Oh, look. I've been impaled. <laughs> exactly. The interesting thing about it is its anatomy is not stretchy. It's just so desperate to reach out and grab somebody that its muscles and sinews and arms and bones just will will tear themselves in its desperate attempt to reach out oh, and grab dang. somebody. And so <laughs> this thing has a 30 foot reach with its attack. Ooh.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so it's it's really fun to like I, I ran it one time and it's its whole tactic is it grabs people and then it tries to run off with them. Yeah, because it's like, no, this is my friend now. But the problem is, is because of its its intense emotions of despair and loneliness, it exudes this psychic field that anybody within 10 feet of it just starts getting battered with despair and all this other stuff so they start taking just insane amounts of psychic damage just from being near it which if it grabs you it pulls you in and now you're near it and it just automatically is just pummeling you with psychic energy oh my
0: gosh so too bad for barbarians and fighters. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> they,
1: they get speared and they're like, ah, whatever. You, you piercing damage. Who cares? And then they get pulled in and it's like, oh, that's a lot of psychic damage. And I don't get to reduce that. In, yeah. Unless you're playing as like a, a star barbarian or, or right, something yeah. like that. Um, something with some <laughs> with, with psychic, <laughs> with psychic resistance. resistance. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, there's the. The way I got to run it was so much fun because the the players were in this corrupted land that i discussed on another episode and i read a clip of like you know what i read to them when they landed there and um almost immediately while they were there like the the first night they got attacked by shadows which for anybody who knows 5e shadows they're they are deadly yeah And so they're like, okay, um, these things had an aversion to light. So we have to light a a campfire at night to kind of keep them at bay because we can't go through that again. We need to rest. Yeah. And they start hearing something like while they're setting up camp and the sun's going down and they're desperately gathering wood and stuff. They start hearing this thing just out in the forest and it's weeping and it's asking, is anybody there? And it's, it's crying and they're like. Oh, guys, this is most definitely a trap. What are we supposed to do with this? And we had this one guy that he was so good at staying in character. Mm -hmm. Like he he just was like he was playing like a a good aligned cleric fighter multi-class. And he was just such a sweet little gnome that just like genuinely wanted to help people. And he kind of looks at me like this is going to (laughs) suck. And he just he just goes, hello, who's out there? if you need something, you can come join us. We're about to have a fire. And they just hear the weeping stop. Oh. And he just goes, great. And everybody else in the party is looking at him and just going, Glint, what is wrong with you? And he's like, well, there's somebody out there, you know, they need help. <laughs> and of course, you know, they're taking watches and stuff like that. And, and the, the, the first night. And I described during, cause I rolled a D four. Cause there was four of them to see whose watch it actually found them on. Mm and um i don't remember who it was i think it might have been heather's watch uh, okay and i i explain how you hear this sound that sounds like like ripping flesh but like sped up uh huh like it's it's happening instantaneously like an arm being ripped off but immediately right and i had this soundboard up that i was using little shovel like digging into dirt because it had spiked feet so it mm-hmm. was like they would kind of chuck into the soil a little bit so i was using that and they were hearing this like moving around and i was adjusting the volume on it so that it sounded different and stuff like that <laughs> and um basically it she hears this sound and then just feels this like agonizing pain and is, has enough time to let out a scream mm-hmm. and then just gets yanked out of the firelight. And everybody's like, did we hear the scream? Did we hear the scream? I'm like, yeah, you heard the scream. She's sitting right next to you guys. <laughs> so they all <laughs> wake up and they're looking out into the darkness and they start hearing these noises receding and her characters and just shrieking. Yeah. And they're like, um do we chase her (laughs) and i think she started like yelling threats from the darkness like you better come save me (laughs) because she was playing a chaotic evil halfling at the time so she was her first her first reaction in most instances was to threaten and coerce (laughs) (laughs) and they all kind of knew like if she does get out of this She will make good on those threats. We should go. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) But it was, it it was such a fun encounter and like they chased it off and it ended up hunting them for like weeks in game. Every time they, they stopped moving, they would hear it. And every time they like set up a camp, they had to, they had to question whether or not they were going to build a fire, which would draw this thing towards them. Or if they would sleep in darkness and risk an attack from shadows or, you know, (sighs) It it was, it, it was, what's meant, the
0: lesser of two evils there? I don't know, yeah. but
1: it was, it was meant to be brutal. It was meant to be like the whole travel through this area was meant to be absolutely just brutal on them yeah and and they were like we have a ranger so it's fine and we can't get lost and i'm like dude all the terrain is magical like <laughs> you were told this before you went there yeah. <laughs> like, i can't get lost but my magical means it's magical uh-huh. it's very magical <laughs> <laughs> so good luck buddy <laughs> and so rest and food. Like any time they would forage, they had to wonder, like, okay, is this stuff cursed? Is it, is it gonna poison us? You know, because all the plant life was was corrupted and twisted. And it, it was, it was fun. And just to have that thing hunting them the whole time, mm-hmm. and then when they finally killed it, just the cheers and celebration that went up from the table was, like, it felt really good. Yeah, because I was like, hey, you know. They just got to have that awesome victory, and, and mostly they did that. Mostly they did that, but I got to be the facilitator for it, mm-hmm. and it felt so good. It was one of my proudest moments in that campaign. Was just that ongoing encounter that they just kept having to deal with. Yeah, and so the lonely, the sorrow sworn. Uh, it's in Morden Kanan's tome of foes. Mm-hmm. Such a great creature. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice,
1: I like it. And the other Sorrow Sworn are good, too, but that's the one that that stuck with me. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially
0: because you got to play it and like, yeah, got to do several pieces of it and stuff like that. It sounds so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And
1: and then once they killed it, of course, they they like cut those little like arm harpoons off and they were going to make something out of them. And then uh, uh, one of the guys, one of the guys took like the longer arm spear because the other one got shattered in the fight mm-hmm. and so he was like cutting it up and he just grabbed the long one and put it in the backpack and heather's character uh Zanelli was just like that's mine and he's like no i i harvested it it's mine and she's like no that's mine <laughs> and she was and he he's like no i'm keeping it so she waited and and they were doing watches And she intentionally set it up to where her watch was going to be right before his. So she had to wake him up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she waits till everybody's asleep and goes and wakes him up. And and, uh, she did this in between sessions. And when we first got there, she was like, by the way, Jacob. This is all in character. You're my friend and I love you. (laughs) Please don't take this personally. And he's looking at her going, oh, no, what are you going to (laughs) do? And she made, She had written out, because Heather's such a sweet person, mm-hmm. she wrote out a threat of what she was going to do to him and step-by-step step, description of what Zanelli was going to do to Rioran if he did not hand it over. <laughs> nice. he was just like, okay, you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> no intimidation check-in <laughs> needed. Well generally speaking in that kind of instance I let the players kind of rule it how they're going to do it like okay yeah would my character actually be afraid of this little halfling warlock Mm -hmm. and in that case he had seen what Zanelli could do and what she was willing to do. And completely believed what she said and was just like, okay, you can have the stupid spear. Like (laughs) it's not worth it. Cause he had a, like he had gotten other loot from it. Um, like they collected the tears. Cause in the, in the artwork, it has this like black Icarus looking (laughs) stuff Mm -hmm. uh, coming from its eyes. And there's a specific type of poison. That's like really high tier poison called the midnight tears. Okay. And so I was like, you know what? It fits flavor wise. Let's just, they, Because they wanted to collect it, and they were like, okay, we're going to collect this. Do we sense anything from it? And I was like, uh, sure, I'll <laughs> think of something. And, and just, so he had a bottle of this crazy expensive and very, very strong magical poison. Dang. And I was just like, yeah, you got something out of it. <laughs> cool. So, Dan, your turn. <laughs> I spent way too long talking about that thing it was well, such a fun encounter yeah i
0: was gonna say like all of mine are not gonna be as detailed as that <laughs> um i will say i think we've talked about mine uh, a little bit or one of mine a little bit uh in past episodes where um like i i love uh werewolves and i love mm-hmm. were creatures and stuff like that so where
1: all over the place. Do you also like warehouses? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked in too many of them. But anyway,
0: uh, <laughs> same. <laughs> um, but yeah, my one of my favorite uh, creatures of of sorts is is the wear creatures. Um, so in one of actually a couple of the sessions that we've played in in my campaign of uh, Aeluin <clears throat> is uh, going after. Werewolves and th- and the like or lichen. Uh- <laughs> That's what
1: I thought you were gonna say with that. Uh, let's say so far we've fought a were bat, a were wolf, a were tiger. Yep. I don't know, were rat, but like a modified one.
0: Yeah. So and the there was
1: something else. Uh that first encounter had like a whole bunch of different ones.
0: Yeah. There was a were boar.
1: A were boar, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but you, al- you also had some on your side as well. Yeah. That there was like a were bear and, and stuff like that that was on your side. One,
1: well, is a were raven.
0: Right, exactly. A-
1: Atreya is my wife's current character.
0: Yeah. Um, but one of my favorite sessions was the uh, one of the, I think it was the last one we played, where you guys walked into um, the guy you were trying to protect, who is now a werewolf um mm-hmm. his his home or estate you walked into and there was a bunch of were creatures and the uh the main bad guy there was a were rat but he was a bit modified uh, a little bit more homebrewed style of were rat where he had control of where uh, of um rats. Uh, rat like swarms of rats and that dude
1: was an absolute beast
0: <laughs> um but you guys like you guys tore him to shreds, but he, he gave you at least a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I mean,
1: thank thank God we have a controller mage and a barbarian that's just going to grab his underlings and beat him with them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. But yeah, so he was he was pretty cool. I, I liked being able to play something that was a little bit more scary and a little bit more like intimidating, intimidating. We walked in that room and I immediately was like, "Oh, this is going to be bad.
1: (laughs) Cause he started talking and I'm like, "Uh Oh, and, and I, we, we had like all held in action, but like the way you were role playing him was so well done (laughs) that like nobody interrupted the villain monologue because like, I've been DMing for a while and you start, (laughs) like you have your villain start saying something and somebody just goes, I'm going to shoot him. You're right. Like, yeah. Can you let me finish my sentence first? It's like, no, nah, I'm gonna shoot him. <laughs> and so, like, you started going, and we were all so like enraptured with how you were role playing him that we all just kind of froze and listened for a minute, and like you stopped talking. And I think, I think Ariel made some snarky remark to him, and he had his like he had his comeback. And then I was like, well, I'm gonna shoot him <laughs> because I was like hiding behind everybody else with my bow readied, and it's just like. He finished talking. Ariel's character said something, and then Mike, my, my like, he responded and I'm just like, "Well, I guess this concludes negotiations. Let's, <laughs> let's shoot him."
0: I actually have uh, the the lines that I I wrote down for him oh, to yeah? say uh, in the beginning of that because did
1: you get to use all of them? Yeah. yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. No, it was it was just one little one little section of of words that I wanted him to you guys to come into. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: because you didn't expect to get more than that exactly <laughs> pretty much
0: <laughs> i knew it was going to be an encounter i i wasn't sure exactly how it was going to go i figured <laughs> figured you guys would be able to beat him but it can i, I do you mind yeah, if i say the lines it. okay cool. go for it <laughs> so a little bit of background on on this uh encounter was you guys were Protecting someone named Chabaris. He's the lord of, of a town called Trumbull. Trumble. Yep. <laughs> I take notes. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, so you guys had brought him back to his estate uh, in Trumbull. Mm-hmm. And you guys came across this were rat who was the big leader of these were creatures. And as you walk into this room, you hear this guy saying, Welcome. Chabaris and friends, you have managed to escape my acolytes, I see. But now your choices have been whittled down to two. Join my clan and keep your seat as lord so that we may have control of this town. Or die at the feet of Janar
2: Savor.
0: Make your choice. So it was just
1: this really (laughs) fun, like you, you evil got evil sound got, and it was just like oh. you got really into the theater of it and i he, was i was so excited it, like i was like yes <laughs>
0: and it was one of those like chair turns around moments <laughs> you know <laughs> where the evil guy is sitting and he's like leaned back in the chair and like yeah. you know we, we, i which, think he had a rat in his in yeah, his something like that lap or something and he was kind of doing the whole petting, petting the cat yeah. thing but <laughs> which of
1: which of course when you talked about the chair and all that like it like in such a awesome moment my brain if if anybody who's listening one of the four people that listens (laughs) uh has ever seen uh purple eyes wtf he he made a an abridged series of of an anime and like he does this like turn around you know in the chair thing and they're like how did you do that? That chair is not supposed to rotate like that. <laughs> and he goes, Ah, by causing a hundred thousand dollars worth of damages. <laughs> <laughs> and so like he turned around in the chair, and I immediately started like giggling a little bit, like under my breath, because I was like, <laughs> that's a hundred thousand dollars worth of damages.
0: <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that my like my brain is thinking one of those like big, like easy chair like mm-hmm. things, but then I had to think of well it has to rotate Somehow <laughs> so it's like It's like a office easy Chair yeah. <laughs> It,
1: it has the little swivel on it But it still has like the, the comfy The arms grand arms like
0: yeah comfy arms And like that big high back and everything yeah. But yeah um, I, And again it's one of those things where I don't I don't know a whole lot of, of The lore behind these creatures And stuff that I'm going to be talking about today But like it's just fun to to kind of make it up yourself in some ways of mm-hmm. like I know this particular kind of creature, like werewolves and were rats and stuff like that. You can kind of make it your own in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Where like where like um, ah, <laughs> <I got it. laughs> um where I just made these two um war yeah, warring factions of were creatures and like one wants to be more known and and have some power in in the world whereas the other side is kind of like trying to keep it under wraps but also
1: like aid from the shadows aid
0: yeah exactly being be more like vigilante style um so is there a werebat named batman (laughs) (laughs) no it's bruce (laughs) spelled (laughs) b-r-o-o-s bruce (laughs) Um, and then he has a ward named Damien, you can't really change that one. Uh, <laughs>
1: okay, so what is Alfred?
0: Alfred is a uh,
1: is he just an unseen servant that he calls? Yeah, Alfred? <laughs> there you go, perfect cast unseen servant. Alfred, <laughs> for some reason, I keep going to like the, the Peter Holmes oh, uh, it's, Batman, that's the best it's, Batman, it's, Batman voice, <laughs> Alfred <laughs> What do you mean? Who is this? Who else has this phone number? <laughs> Where are the other drugs going? What? What? What is that? You know, it's like high pitch. You know, like a bat. No, no, that's that's not good. Really? I've been working on that all day, man. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Wait, that one was good. What? That one? That one that you're doing? Seriously? I just lost my voice.
0: <laughs> Good job, Peter Holmes. <laughs>
1: he's he's making those again. Is he really? Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's making those again. Um, except it's like uh, employee reviews of the Justice League. Oh geez. Sorry, we're we're getting off topic yeah. here. Yeah,
0: I love the X Men ones.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's like those, but yeah. but Batman and the Justice League. <laughs> You're fired, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's awesome. So so what I, I like what you said about like you get to take these monsters and make them your own, especially because we're playing in a homebrew world. mm mm-hmm. know, And I don't get to do that quite as much with uh running Icewind Dale for you guys. Um, but like in homebrew, it's like this is my world, this is my universe. Like yeah. I can throw whatever I want in there and kind of make it whatever I want, you yeah. know, like so what what specifically kind of drew you to the lycanthrope group of monsters, like (laughs) flavor-wise.
0: Flavor-wise, I I have always... (laughs) They taste good. uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) The ramen flavor packet. (laughs) (laughs) Flavor-wise, what brought you there? (laughs) Cherry. (laughs) Is that another question? (laughs) Grape. It's my second favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Or or the SAO abridged. (laughs) like the purple ones yeah and the blue is too tart. (laughs) blue is awesome anyway uh, talking about crayons (laughs) oh
0: (laughs) never mind Uh, (laughs) uh, so okay so werewolves have been uh, a thing for me for a long time I've I've loved wolves in general Mm -hmm. um, but when I was a kid I would all My friends and I would uh, play a weird version of house. (laughs) Like my, I had a lot of of friends growing up that were female friends, Mm -hmm. and so like they would want to play house, but I would. You wanted to play the monsters. I wanted to play werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) So So you played the monsters. I played the monsters. (laughs) Yeah. So like like we would just be like a family and then there would be a thing about being werewolves. Um, so, (laughs) but like growing up playing those games and like, I don't know, like there's a lot of different uh, werewolf, um, stereotypes and not stereotypes, but like, um, movies and, and books and stuff about werewolves. And vampires and stuff like that, that like I don't know. It just I was always drawn to them for some reason. Hmm. (laughs) Um and
1: I don't know, it just And there's so much different lore you could pull from making them your own. You kind of get to pick and choose. Like it's like going to a buffet, like, ooh, I like that, and I really don't care for that. Like, ooh, hey, that that seems cool. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like for me, where
0: in a lot of werewolf style uh movies and stuff like that, like say the movies, uh the underworld movies. Mm. Like
1: I such those. great movies. <laughs> the style of werewolf It sounds really weird saying I loved those as a kid because it's like oh, it was not a kid's movie. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but also Diablo was not a kid's game and I played the heck out of that. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry mom, I just told on you a little bit <laughs> <laughs> um
0: <Ripses. laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so like that style of of werewolf i didn't fully love but i kind of liked the. and i'm gonna you know get a bunch of flack for this but You're i liked say twilight i liked you? the twilight version oh of werewolf God. because they actually turned into wolves mm. very large mean looking wolves whereas a lot of other ones they're just like bipedal like
1: the the Van Helsing weird things
0: yeah like I love the Van Helsing movie
1: I just don't like the style of that that was the type I always liked yeah which is I like that one more than which which is interesting because Dungeons and Dragons does the they can turn into a large wolf form they can turn into their human form or they have the hybrid which is the mixture
0: right 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 and that's kind of That's kind of the way I I like to play is where they they fully turn into the wolf. But at the same time, even in their bipedal form, they look a little bit more woven than Mm. those weird like half skin, half fur, like weird. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like the one
1: I really hated was from uh, I think it was uh, Lupin from Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm. He was like this weird, scrawny, yeah, like gangly, doggish thing. And I'm like, I don't know that you've ever seen a wolf. Right. <laughs> that does not look anything like a wolf. It's, it barely looked like a rat kind yeah, of it thing. It barely looked like a dog. And then it was like hairless and like all skin and bone. And I was like, that's yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> like great movies. Where, yeah. Great books. Whereas. That
0: was bad. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Sirius, when he turns into a wolf. It's a wolf or
1: a dog. Well, he wasn't a lycanthrope, though.
0: Right. He's an animagus. animagus. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but still, like, he would turn into a dog and it would be a dog.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, for some reason, that always just, just felt good to me to yeah. have the wolf thing. I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, you're good.
0: <laughs> but then also, like... With the addition of the other types of were creatures like wereboars boars and were bats and mm. uh were bears, I love the were bear yeah. for some reason. That one, I just I love it. Have, have you one.
1: seen the picture of the one in Icewind Dale of the Werebear? bear? It's it's a goliath were bear, and so you see this thing, it's it's a bipedal bear walking around and it's got like some furs on it and it's got like a little belt with like fish dangling from it, uh-huh. and it's got a fishing rod slung over its <laughs> shoulder, and I'm just like. <laughs> Like the Coca Cola bear, but in a medieval setting, <laughs> yeah. Like your polar bear, <laughs> <laughs> the polar bear yeah, on your per- cork <laughs> <laughs> looks peculiar, <laughs> anyways. <laughs>
0: yeah, but yeah, that's that's one of mine. One,
2: of, uh, <laughs> yeah
1: next one for you (laughs) fascinating we've devolved into the swedish chef um so i i a lot of mine are like categories of creatures so like not necessarily like oh i like the undead but i do um just because they're so versatile and you can throw them in whatever setting you want to it's just like undead yep it could be a modern it could be medieval fantasy it could be whatever and then um, I it even, could
0: be a model or it
1: could be. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but, but like they, they kind of just fit anywhere and then you can even get the stat blocks for the, the infectious ones mm-hmm. that just add a whole nother layer of, of fear onto it. But that's not actually what I'm going to talk about right now. Um, there is a specific classing of creature called um, the Star Spawn. Okay. You look confused, but you just fought some of these the other day. Did I? Yeah. In the 20th level. Oh. The one we've not finished yet. Right, right. Yeah, so there's there's several different types of star spawn, and the thing I like about them is... I, I can't even say that I was drawn to the artwork, because very few of them actually have artwork, because they're supposed to be these bizarre eldritch far realm creatures uh if you don't know what the far realm is it's essentially the uh it's the dreams of a greater god who's gone insane
0: oh uh, okay
1: yeah so this
0: oh that's right like the big like plant looking things because they
1: yeah the manglers. the were, manglers. yeah, yeah. but yeah. but basically the far realm was created by this god named Thrasdun or Tharasdun or Tharasdun. Tharasdun. Yeah. Um hey sorry, I knew one. my my pronunciations <laughs> are not perfect. But through very weird circumstances came across which which I'll get into that some on one of my other picks. Came across this item, this thing called the Shard of Evil. Okay. That was basically sent to the prime material realm from another dimension, not another plane of existence a complete another dimension that was dying. Okay. And it was made to kind of be a beacon for the remaining entities that lived in this other dimension to tear through reality and make it to this world. So when he grabbed hold of this thing and brought it into his reality, it broke his mind, but it also gave him near ultimate power.
0: Dang. Okay.
1: Okay. So he had this idea of destroying all of reality and remaking it in his own image. Okay. But it didn't work because he went insane. And so he is trapped in a mental prison of his own making. And it's basically like, if he ever wakes up, we're all dead. Um, (laughs) But because of this, this, this dream reality that he's trapped in is called the far realm. Okay. And it's basically just the psychic emanations of this God. It exists outside of reality. And none of the laws of physics work there. That's where all the weird, crazy, wackiest creatures are. Like the 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 classification of aberration comes from the far Realm. So mm-hmm. stuff like beholders, nothics, stuff like that. Yeah, the far fun realm. ones. <laughs> yeah, the ones that are really cool but really dangerous <laughs> <laughs> applies in the case of the star uh, the star spawn as well. So there's there's several different types. There's like these little gibbering ones called the Gru. Not Gru, not that (laughs) Gru, not that Gru little girl, (laughs) but um, they're, they're kind of just these weak little, you know, small sized creatures that just release these utterances that kind of uh, can give disadvantage. I think they give disadvantage on attacks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then there's the mangler, which just gets to make a lot of attacks. And then the Hulk. Oh,
0: geez. Yeah. The mangler was
1: ridiculous. Granted, I did modify that. You did? Yeah. So I did that way back when, when I was running the homebrew campaign mm-hmm. and it worked out so well because it was enough to be terrifying, but not enough to just destroy somebody. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to give them extra attacks and then throw it on a, on a recharge.
0: Yeah. And every time you got the recharge, it was like
1: six attacks. <laughs> and he was five. See, no, I, you, it might, you it got been six, six at yeah. least twice. It might it have been six. Yeah. But I threw it on a recharge and, and it was and always on me.
0: <laughs> you were missing everyone else but me. Well,
1: I kept missing hitting you, but I kept getting the recharge for them to make their crazy amount of attacks. So It was just like, oh, hey, they got their recharge. Roll a hit. Well, that's a five. Well, that's a two. Not one. <laughs> What is <laughs> happening? This this guy like has everything else going for him. He has advantage for crying out loud. <laughs> and he's missing all of his attacks.
0: Except on me.
1: <laughs> on you. It was on no, no, no. you
0: too. He was missing everyone, everyone else but me. Oh, and yeah. Because yeah. I had a really high AC. Yeah. But you kept hitting over it.
1: Right. <laughs> I remember that. I had an AC of 23. That was hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a 25. And you're like, I. Don't 23 why <laughs> there was, I think you hit my the voice, 23 exactly my, like my 23 voice times. went a little bit Gilbert Godfrey there right there.
2: <laughs> how is he hitting my AC of 23
1: <laughs> anyways <laughs> is that your next D&D character
0: <laughs> I, I'm going so <laughs> I, oh what is what's the line uh uh I'm oh, man, I can't remember it. Never mind.
1: Mm. So something I'm malting. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but one of the things I like about those those creatures is if you take one of the larger ones called the Hulk, mm. it's a star spawn Hulk. They have this really weird ability that doesn't seem like much until you look at some of the other star spawn. So it it's got this ability. I think it's called psychic mirror where oh. if you hit it with psychic damage, it will take none of that damage and instead reflect it onto every creature within 10 feet of
0: it.-hmm which we did
1: Now, normally, you kind of go, well, psychic is not one of the super common damage types. Uh what do you do with that? Yeah: Well, first of all, in y'all's little thing <laughs> Joel cast a uh, phantasmal killer yep. and he upcast it. So it was doing even more damage. And there were him and Heather's character were like right up on it. Or maybe hmm. it was it Rosie. Um, there were two characters right yeah. up on it. Yep. And so he uses phantasmal killer and he's like, Oh, it needs to make a saving throw. And I'm like, you can willingly fail saving throws. And I just looked at him and said, he fails. And he goes, what? Yeah, he fails. He goes, did you roll? I was like, mm-mm. he failed he goes okay cool and he just rolls a bucket of dice and he's like it dealt that much there dealt that much damage 39 i think it was It was like 39 or 38 it was it was a big big number i said okay cool uh question do either of y'all have resistance to psychic damage and he's like no why do i need it and i'm like "Mm, you might because you just took 39 psychic damage he goes why (laughs) i'm like well (laughs) psychic
0: mirror baby
1: yeah (laughs) But then you look at one of the other creatures called a star spawn seer. And it basically has this fun little ability where it can just teleport around the battlefield and throw psychic bombs. Mm -hmm. So what you would generally do is, hey, this big guy that's run in here and is just like slamming people around. Everybody go gang up on the big dude. Yep. Which is exactly what the seer wants you to do, because once you go bang gang up on the big dude. He starts throwing psychic bombs at the big guy and just blasting everybody around him because normally it's a single target. Yelp. Well, now that you've got three of the party members standing around this big thing, it just keeps throwing those, th- those psychic attacks at the Hulk which just reflects onto everybody around it. And then they very quickly go, oh crap, well, we got to chase down that guy now. And then you use your dash action to run up to it and then it teleports. Yep. <laughs>
2: it's
1: like, well, that's not good. And then now guess who's just used his dash action to chase after you? The big guy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course there's some other ones like uh, the, the larva mage and, and one other that I won't discuss because you guys haven't finished that one shot yet um anybody who reads real deeply into monster lore and and owns a lot of the books will probably know what i'm talking about but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't have any commenters anyway yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna spoil it no spoilers for us for, dang it for once we're gonna get somebody commenting and be like oh it's actually called this <laughs> And you're the one who manages that the the YouTube channel, so you'd be like, I know what it is now. But don't worry, I don't met a game. Yeah, you don't met a game, <laughs> which is why I'm considering talking about one of the creatures. But also, Joel listens to this, and yeah, I might, I might just talk about it. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, your turn. It's up to
0: you. I don't know. Um, so. Uh my next one that I want to talk about is something I found for uh my or uh, for the homebrew campaign that you guys uh may or may not take more trips on an airship. Mm. And <laughs> and I have these little miniatures from a different game oh, uh, I've seen them called Windward. And they're like little whale creatures. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I have to stat these things somehow. And I just found this uh, this stat block
1: on uh, Pinterest called the Mind Poisoned Whale. Oh, no. Pinterest is so good for D&D stuff, you guys. Like, if it you're is. ever, like, dying, like, we have a one-shot, we got a plan tonight. Go on Pinterest, search 5e D&D. And you will, within five minutes, have more ideas than you could ever yeah. get to in a lifetime.
0: <laughs> and that's where a lot of these are coming from that I, mm-hmm. I'm talking about right now is that I've found on Pinterest because I'm terrible at reading the books that you let me borrow. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> yeah, I see them sitting right yeah, over there. They're right here. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> so this thing is a gargantuan undead. Mm-hmm. Um and oh fun yeah it looks like a lot of fun so it's amphibious so it can breathe air and water so if you guys are over water or whatever and you get attacked by this thing and you go down to the water it can still get you from under <laughs> the water and i thought or the other way around if you're on the on the water
1: dan is this perhaps revenge <laughs> for me killing a certain boss monster maybe in, in, slightly in one shot maybe slightly by throwing him off the edge of the skyship yeah (laughs) i'm not apologizing (laughs) i
0: wouldn't want you to
1: um that's gonna be the next (laughs) t-shirt just a smug (laughs) smile and i'm not apologizing (laughs) um
0: okay so the i'm gonna go through a, a couple of these um these abilities that it has and they're they're just crazy anyway so it's amphibious it has multi-attack uh it has painful fear uh if a creature is frightened by the whale and starts its turn within 60 feet of it it takes 2d8 psychic damage Hmm. uh it has a a bite attack that take or that does a d20 plus eight damage Hmm. um
1: (laughs) no thank you
0: and then uh if the whale takes 30 damage or more on a single turn from a creature inside it the whale must succeed on a okay sorry no
1: i'm not going to talk about that so it has part. one of those like auto swallow attacks yeah mm, those are fun <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so if the target is a large or smaller creature it must succeed on a dc 16 dexterity or strength saving throw or be swallowed by the whale after the bite attack mm. then it has a tail attack Uh, Aura of Mind Poison, which has the recharge. Mm -hmm. Um, So it gives off an impulse of purple poisonous energy. Uh, Any creature within 60 feet of the whale must succeed a wisdom saving throw or be frightened for a minute.
1: (laughs) And given our party makeup, (laughs) wisdom saves are probably pretty dangerous. Yeah, very dangerous. (laughs) And then it also
0: has Breath of Mind Poison the whale fires off a beam of purple energy from its mouth in a 10-foot-wide and 120-foot-long line.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. The- One question, Dan. Yes. Does it have a flight speed?
0: Uh, it Yes, it has a fl- okay. flight, speed, flight speed of 30 feet and a swim speed of 30 feet. Yeah, I was
1: going to say. I would think it would be bigger than that. But- I was going to say, even if it doesn't have a flight speed, it's a homebrew creature. It's not like you're you right. know gonna piss anybody <laughs> off by throwing one on there you know <laughs> yeah
0: well that's why it says it, it's uh it's amphibious it can breathe air and water so mm-hmm. it can fly and it can swim yeah um but I, <laughs> the the picture of it isn't what um what the little things i have look mm-hmm. like but i just thought it looked cool Ooh. um <laughs> it's like it looks like a megalodon or something but it's yeah. all like purple and glowy yeah it <laughs> says whale
1: but it has shark gills yeah that's what i thought was funny <laughs> but yeah it, it does look pretty cool it's so that's that's, cool. that's why it looks more megalodon because of the pointy teeth and then the the gills yep <laughs> if it's undead the thing that's weird about it being undead is usually um undead creatures have undead nature right that one has amphibious yeah undead nature dictates that it does not need to breathe that's true amphibious is like oh yeah it's breathing so logically we could technically suffocate it (laughs) yeah cover up its gills and then throw it in the water and he's gonna die (laughs) i will not allow it no just kidding (laughs) (laughs) but i mean honestly that's that's when you would make the ruling of no it has undead nature with the stat block i don't first of all why do you know the stat block right homebrew (laughs) and secondly it's undead (laughs) yeah well
0: again that's a nice thing about these homebrew creatures Mm -hmm. is you can make any
1: uh adjustments adjustments
0: you want to it i mean you can make those with any creatures yeah
1: i just admitted to having modified the star spawn mangler a little bit yeah and i'm
0: thinking of like trying to figure out the the lore behind this creature in in my game Mm -hmm. um i haven't started thinking about it yet but like Thinking about it now, I'm like, okay, what could be the reason why this thing is undead? Like, what, like, what happened to these creatures that would have made them go after you guys, or, or, you know, whatever? So, yeah, trying to go through those different questions. It won't be
1: too long before we piss somebody (laughs) off, you know. Oh yeah, we're we're about as diplomatic as as a sledgehammer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you haven't had uh, Aaliyah really talk much so y- you don't know <laughs>
1: still we have we have a uh, uh, assassiny style kobold we have an assassin style um <laughs> lizard folk <Yonty. laughs> or Yonty. yeah. and then right. a, b- a big freaking <laughs> lizard folk barbarian and then we have our wizard who is just trying to keep us from going insane <laughs> so stop god we need leashes for you people <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean you people? Because <laughs> we're all reptiles except for her. Mm-hmm. She's an elf, I think. Except for me, I'm technically a dragon. Yeah. Not You're a, a tiny reptile. little dragon. Not a reptile. Don't have cold blood. <laughs> Fight me on it. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my next ones is. um, It doesn't have a stat block, actually. Okay. Uh, for 5th edition. I, I think he did in previous editions, but not for 5e. And this would be the King of Demons, Obax Ob. Ooh. So, you remember how I talked about that shard of ultimate evil mm-hmm. that done, got a hold of and it made him crazy? Yeah. So long before the creation of the Prime <laughs> Material Realm...
0: Hold on, let me get my footstool. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pull up a chair, grab a snack, because uh, we're getting into it, guys. Mm, buckle up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So before the material realm was even fully formed, there was another dimension that was dying. Mm-hmm. And the only creatures that were left in it were these horribly evil creatures that had basically just become incredibly powerful and just consumed their world. And the only pockets that were inhabitable, even by these horribly corrupted, monstrous creatures, were their own little personal demiplanes, mm-hmm. in which they were basically gods over. But because their world, their universe was crumbling, their demiplanes were starting to fall too. Okay. And travel between them was difficult. So it's like, okay, I'm the king of my own world, but it's an empty world, so I'm the king of nothing.
2: mm And
1: so a bunch of these creatures that were called Obereth, which makes them sound like they're all the same, but they're not. They were all vastly different. Okay. Got together with the most powerful of them, Obak's Ob, and formed this shard of evil and sent it through the ether. Basically to seek out a powerful mind that could sense it through the veil of reality. And draw it into his world, or their world, and pretty much form a gateway through whatever creature's mind that they could all travel through into a new world full of life, ripe for the devouring. So they did that. They created this shard, and Tharizdun found it, and it came into reality along with all of these souls of these creatures that had had to literally discard their physical body, form into one massive conglomerate psychic consciousness so that they could travel through this void of nothingness and come through. Now, most of the Obereth went completely insane and could not reform themselves. Mm -hmm. They could not regain any kind of physical form in a reality that was so foreign to them. But the most powerful ones, such as the Queen of Chaos and most importantly, Ob'ox Ab, were very much able to reform themselves. And not only that, but able to kind of absorb many of the other Oberith, making themselves even more powerful. Oh, wow. So when Ob'ox Ab entered this reality, it just started ripping it to pieces. Like, it, it, he was such a powerful being that reality was literally being torn apart, not just in the present, but in the future. Bits of reality from years, years, years ahead of time were being torn loose and dragged into this thing's wake as it literally just ate through layers of the universe, Mm -hmm. forming what is now known in D&D as the Abyss. Oh. Infinite layers, because it was literally pieces ripped from infinite amount of time as Obox ob just ripped through reality. Okay. Yeah, that's how world-endingly powerful this thing is, that, you know, thousands of years from current D&D date, this thing, through time, comes through a village and just rips it out. Just tears it out and yanks it to the abyss. Whole planets just pulled in. Dang, okay. This was the progenitor race of the demons, or Tanari. So when you hear something like, oh, Demogorgon is the prince of all demons. Mm -hmm. Why isn't he king? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why isn't he king, Dan?
1: Because
0: the king is the one. Because (laughs)
1: even in his horribly weakened and lessened state caused by the Queen of Chaos and some of the other Oberith basically rebelling against him and creating the Tanari to kind of fight back against Tanarian Ten- and demons, same thing, yeah. to fight back against him and splitting his soul into multiple pieces and devouring some of it and spreading them out as far as they could so that he could never be whole again. Demogorgon is still afraid. Of that one and only creature, Obox Ob. Mm-hmm. And will not claim the title of the King of Demons because he knows I'm not fit for it.
2: <laughs> oh, man. So as,
1: as terrifying as Demogorgon is, and no, I'm not talking about stranger, uh, stranger Things. Right. He lives in fear that someday these two shattered fragments of Obox Ob will find each other and unite... And regain just a modicum of the power that he had, and if that happens, that's the end of the world as it is known. Yeah, everything else starts getting pulled into the abyss as this thing just starts tearing reality apart for the sake of "I'm hungry and I want more power." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and guess what he hates most of all? What's that? The Tanari. So Demogorgon really doesn't want that to happen. <laughs> And that's like one of the few things that all of the Tanari style of demons would band together, perhaps, to actually fight against. Yeah. Because they're not all that worried about the forces of the angels and the devils in the blood war trying to keep them down because they're like, I mean, the abyss is expanding anyways. Yeah. Eventually, we're going to win this war of attrition. And everything's going to be our domain. That thing comes back. <laughs> We don't get a domain. He eats it all. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: not really a, a, a stat block that I have. Um, but again, just lore and a potential plot hook of, hey, some absolutely bad crap, crazy cult is trying to fix him. Is yeah. trying to reunite these fragments of Obox ob. Mm-hmm. Stop this. (laughs) Yeah, it actually (laughs) kind of
0: reminds me of uh, something that is a plot hook in uh, campaign two of Critical Role is one of the things that one of the characters is being called to do because his patron is uh, uh, basically a demigod. Uh, I wouldn't say a demigod, but um, a creature of the betrayer gods. (laughs) <laughs> um, called Ukatoa. Uh, it's the patron of this character, and he, uh, Ukatoa is chained and uh, imprisoned. So he's trying to get his followers to break him out, and so mm. he can destroy the world.
1: It kind of sounds um, like uh, Zargon, the Returner. It's another. Mm-hmm. It's another uh, older edition D anD. d Oberith demon mm-hmm. never it's a f-
0: giant sea serpent style thing yeah. with many eyes
1: well this was something different but he never yeah. fully had a classification okay i think he was an Oberth. i could be wrong yeah cool yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's that's kind of the 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 whole reason why the angels and and the gods set up the blood war is as a distraction and as a delay tactic to keep obox ob down mm-hmm Meanwhile, heaven has literally, like in, in Mount Celestia, they've made a gateway that is heavily guarded by all of the forces of heaven, basically, that it just leaves. It leaves reality. It goes somewhere else Uh huh. because they know that if this thing ever wakes up, we're not beating it. We're not defeating it. We're leaving. Yeah. We're getting out of here and we're just going to evacuate as much as we can and then <laughs> like destroy this portal behind us because what happened to the Oberth's original realm will happen here if he regains his power. Yeah.
0: Whew.
1: So yeah, that's that's the kind of fun plot hooks that I research yeah. and look into and <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm sitting here, oh, dragons. Uh. Uh, well, damn. <laughs> we're fifth level. <laughs> I should hope you're not talking about bringing in the king of the Obereth for a fifth level no, campaign. No, no,
0: no, no, no. I mean, I hope you guys can get to 20th level at some point, but.
1: <laughs> Someday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but
0: yeah, no, that's, that's a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a really comprehensive video on it that I can send you if you want, but it does get like really in depth into the details of what was happening and what kind of environment was created by this thing's just very presence. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into detail on the actual layer of the abyss that it's trapped in now. Yeah. And of course being a plane of the abyss, it's horrible and disgusting. And of course, you know, like he, he gives the, the guy gives a disclaimer beforehand. He's like, just, you know, in case you have a, a weak stomach or get squeamish about these kind of things, we are going to talk about one of the most, you know, messed up places in the multiverse today. <laughs> so get ready. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> nice. Well, uh, one of the things I I wasn't going to talk about today at all, um, but you reminded me of it is something I it's not a creature or a monster or anything. It's actually uh Something I kind of want to run for um, for our camp or for my campaign. Mm-hmm. Um And you can't tell anybody.
1: <laughs> you're posting this on the <laughs> podcast that our party listens to. What are you talking about? I don't have to tell it's anybody oh, you're about to. It's a
0: joke. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, guys who are listening to this, no metagaming. Um, <laughs> We're all pretty good about that Or just forget what I'm gonna, about to talk about
1: Okay uh, but I this, have a hammer I can just knock myself in the head afterwards There you go
0: or you know I can do it for you Um <laughs> <that> works <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah I've just had this idea uh, For the last couple of weeks About uh, A house or A room in a house That is on a time loop Ooh! So like You go in you have some kind of encounter or whatever and then you have then you try to leave but you go back into the same door first you came in and everything's back the way it was the same creatures come out like it it just sounds like a lot of fun to me there was a (laughs) but you have to figure out like how to stop the
1: loop there was a, a comic on on the Webtoons app that I read that was kind of like that, where he's like in his living room and he opens the door to leave his apartment. And it's a complete exact duplicate of his living room. Mm -hmm. And like the same food is there and stuff like that. And so if he goes through any of the doors, it goes into a duplicate of his living room that is coming in from that door. Mm -hmm. And so like he had like this microwavable like meal, and like a few pizza crusts sitting on his like coffee table and so anytime he got hungry he would go into the next room and it would all be there again (laughs) (laughs) and he just gets trapped in this this weird pocket plane of just the living room of his home Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) yeah it's basically the same kind of idea but it's just like you have to go in and figure out why this thing is the way it is. Someone got trapped in here or, you know, whatever. And it's just like, I I really want to get started on this, working on it. Because there's, there's ideas in my head of what I want to try to do with it. And it, it'll be fun.
1: That sounds like fun.
0: But. I will I'll move on from that to an actual creature. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're getting into
1: a different episode about encounters we want to run. Yes. <laughs> um, um write that down.
0: <laughs> um one of the one of the ones I have run uh mm-hmm. that I really liked uh was actually something from Critical Role. Um it was called the Udak. Mm-hmm. Um it's basically this large gorilla type creature. Um, that um I, I'm trying to remember, yeah, it had four arms and two legs and like large like tusk type teeth and stuff like that, and the way you guys fought him was there was a a wizard uh that was making him invisible, and like you like it kept like moving throughout the house, you guys couldn't see it, and like yeah all of a sudden like- you just hear like a. Poof, And like
1: (laughs) it was a pain in the butt to fight. Yeah. (laughs) Until we found the wizard.
0: Until you found the wizard. (laughs) Actually, no, because you uh the wizard was still invisible when you defeated it. It didn't have enough hit points. Um (laughs) um, but you heard the wizard when you defeated it and was like, Oh, that's what's controlling this thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was it was a lot of fun.
1: I thought the wizard (laughs) was still Because we heard the wizard at one point, well, because Atreya was fighting the big thing, and I ran out into the hall so I could get range on it, and we heard, because you you let me roll a perception check, so the fight with the big guy was still going on, Mm -hmm. and I heard the wizard and, like, saw something, like, get knocked over or something yeah and i started taking shots at the invisible wizard and he finally lost concentration and was just like i hate you <laughs> <laughs> and i was like cool i don't have disadvantage anymore <laughs> yep <laughs> that's obok's by the way oh jeez, what he currently looks <laughs> like <laughs> that's scary <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what he currently looks like in his diminished state
0: yeah we may have to post a
1: picture of that yeah <laughs> absolutely horrific. Yeah. <laughs> so, my next pick is actually one from uh one of the Kobold Press books. I can't currently remember which one it's from. Um but when I was trying to get better at DMing, I basically just had this idea for a one-shot of I'm not going to plan anything at all. I'm going to flip through like all the different monster manuals and Volo's guide and stuff like that. And I'm going to find it was a, all I knew is that it was going to be 10th level. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to find a creature that is going to be a pretty hefty challenge for a group of 10th level players. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to research the creature, find out what I can about that creature specifically, and then just plan nothing. And so I started flipping, <laughs> I started flipping through the books. I didn't find anything I wanted in the Monster Manual or Kanan's or Volo's. And so I start going through the Kobold Press books and I find this. We'll have to post a picture of it. Yeah. Just because it immediately caught my attention. <laughs> it looks somewhat humanoid shaped.
0: <sighs> yeah. OK. It's,
1: it's no, it does. <laughs> it's, it's got this like black cloak covering it and this wide brimmed hat. But you can't see its face, and mm. all you can see coming from underneath the cloak and through the armholes and everything is just a bunch of arms—just arms and arms. and Oh, that's right. No, yeah. you're thinking of the. I was,
0: yeah, I was thinking of something else. You're thinking of the 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 bone collector or something. No, yeah, it was
1: called the bone collective. Yeah, collective. That's right. Yeah, um, but just just arms with these like kind of pocked skin. And these really long, creepy, like needle-like fingers. Mm. And I just go, ooh, what CR is that? And I look down and I see it's a CR 13. And I go, well, that's a bit steep for a level 10. Let me read its stat block. Guys. (laughs) This thing was such a fun one shot to run. It. It led me down this really interesting path because I just, I, I read the little flavor text that it has on it and the little ecology section that it has in the, in the, one of the Tome of Beasts mm-hmm. or might've been, I don't know, Tome of Beasts or Creature Codex, one of those. And it led me down this like Google rabbit hole of like researching what Greek, uh, uh, humorism was and oh and like that's right old, yeah. old school like thoughts on like medicine and and how different people got sick in different ways and what caused plagues and stuff like that it was all based on the four humors and all this stuff and yeah. i'm like by the end of it i was like i w i wasn't gonna plan anything and i still haven't but good grief there's i've just spent two hours just <laughs> reading a Google page. <laughs> And, and so it has all these abilities that, that drain or add too much of different humors because what the Greeks believed is, oh, if you have too much of the black humor, you know, you, you become unbalanced in this way because, stop. Because, because each, so it was like black, red, yellow, and green. Yeah. And each one represented a different emotion and a different part of the body and a different, like, you know, stuff like that. So if you got too much, like, like red, I think, uh, was like control over your rage and stuff like that. So Uh if you had too much of that, you would become unstable and, and too angry and stuff like that. And so they believed that if they drained your blood, you would calm down and blah, 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 blah. Different stuff like that. Yeah. And so this thing had abilities that all went off of the imbalancing of the humors and it was a plague creator and it would it would come into the mortal realm. Yeah, I think it was from Sorry. I think it was from either Hades or Gehenna because it would it would it, Hades. It was from Hades because it would come into the mortal mortal realm, cause all these plagues, drain all these different humors and then it would go back to Hades and make tonics and potions and elixirs out of them that it would sell on the celestial black market basically. Right. And so I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to put it in a town and I'm going to see what the players do of this because this town has a plague. And I literally started planning this as I was running it. Mm-hmm. You know, we sat at the table and I start talking about it and <laughs> and like, oh, yeah, you guys are walking into this town. Um, you've been called here by the church of Tomjek, which was one of my, you know, uh, homebrewed uh, pantheon.
0: By the way. I believe this is the first session that I ever played with you guys. One of, yeah. Because it was a one shot that so the, you were testing me out on. So
1: that was, technically one of, that, that was technically the second time I ran this. Yeah. Because I ran it for my old D&D group. And it, it, it just went really well. Mm-hmm. And so when they were did like, it for like a Halloween thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So when you guys were like, Hey, we want to do a one shot to see like if this guy, Dan can get into the game and, and you know, how he's going to play with everybody. I was like, okay, cool. Um, and we had kind of talked about like how the game worked and stuff like that. And you had been doing all your own research and stuff on how to play. And so I was like, he, I think he can handle a 10th level, which, it's not the greatest introduction to D and D 10th level is a bit much, but you did great.
0: I was going to say it was actually like awesome for me. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> and, and just basically I turned this play or this town into a plague town where something was causing this supernatural plague and they had sent a cleric there And he couldn't make any progress because every time he cured somebody, they were sick again the next day. Mm -hmm. And so there was this like suspicion of like, okay, are these people faking it? Is it for real? You know, is this a supernatural thing? Is somebody causing this? And they kept seeing these people that on the back of their neck had these four little puncture marks Mm -hmm. where it was sticking its needle fingers in and draining the humors from them. And of course, um, at the table, you know, of course, they they meet the cleric and they ask for his name, and I'm thinking, oh crap, uh, I don't, I'm I'm really bad at giving out names, and I thought there's one spell that clerics have, that's called command, where they basically yell out a one word command, and you if you fail your saving throw, you have to obey it yep. immediately, or as as an action on your turn, and I just thought, oh, I know what his name is gonna be, so I named him Simon. <laughs> <laughs> so that when he casts command, he could say, the vocal component, Simon says, stop. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it was just off of this joke that I gave him his name on the spot randomly. And the first time I ran it, I never even got to use that. Cause I think, I think the first time I ran it, Simon died Oh, because the players thought it was Simon because they kept seeing this because he was wearing a plague doctor uniform and they kept seeing this large thing floating around, you know, wearing a plague doctor's outfit with a wide, wide brimmed hat. And they were like, I'm pretty sure it's Simon. And then they found him dying in the streets and they're like, it's a trap. (laughs) Let him die. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "Okay, it was. And so he died and they're just like, "Okay, well, it should all be better now. Right. And then it just kept getting worse and more and more sick people were coming to the like the little medic center that he had set up in the town square and they're going, oh, crap, (laughs) we have a cleric. But no, no, they didn't have a cleric. Because it wasn't the it wasn't the regular uh, characters. And then, of course, they end up hunting this thing down and and it, it keeps like ambushing them because one of the things it can do with like draining some of your humors is add levels of exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And so it kept ambushing them, and it would stick them with its its needle fingers, and then use that thing, and then just it it has levitation or levitate always cast on itself. Yeah. So it it just grabs you know buildings and flings itself around the city because I think it gives it like a forty or forty five foot levitate move speed. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 so hard to pin down because it's just constantly like oh okay I I got one of them. Now the rest of them are running towards me. Yeet. <laughs> Bye. Yeah,
0: I I remember uh, when we.
1: I think you ended up with like three levels of exhaustion.
0: Yeah, something like that. Because I Cause I got up on going the roof. Off on your own. Yeah, I kept going up on the roof and trying to uh, jump across chase the, the roof tops and stuff like that, trying to chase it down, and
1: it would it like drop like, down into an alley. Go around you and then just pop up behind you and just Yep. <laughs> you're like you're like crap, Al. <laughs> do I have to make another con save? And I'm like, yeah, roll another con save, bud. <laughs> That's level three of exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> so when the fight came, it was rough.
0: Yeah, because I think I was in the in the medic center mm-hmm. when when he finally came out and started the yeah. fight.
1: And and that time it almost it, it almost killed you all. Yeah. I think the first time I ran it, everyone was downed but the artificer. Mm -hmm. and he did something that brought everybody back up yeah but it was like they were back up to like one hp Mm -hmm. and then that that was my buddy jacob and then um the time y'all did it everybody was almost down and matt was playing a cleric and (sighs) that's right he was like i want to use divine intervention and i'm like okay roll that d100 and he got it yep and he was like, I want to because uh, he, he didn't fully know it's like a sunlight. What, well, he, he didn't fully know what the the higher level cleric stuff was. Mm-hmm. And so I told him, OK, I'm going to give you an option. Do you want to deal damage to this thing or do you want to aid your party? Yeah. And everybody was almost dead. And he was like, I want to aid my party. And so it casts like one of the like top level uh, cleric Heal healing spells. Or, spells. Yeah. And it basically gives like 500 hit points that you spread out evenly among everybody. I think it's 700. Actually. It might have been because it, whatever it was, it got upcast to ninth level because divine intervention yeah and and so it just like it was it was like reveling in its almost victory and swooping down to make its final attacks on everybody and, and we do it the just, dracula everybody from the went grave. all <laughs> the way back up to full health <laughs> along with several of the people in the tent some of them were guards being cured and going back up to full health and it was just like oh crap and then one of y'all grabbed it
0: yeah, I think uh, Joel's I think, character, Jorgensen, yeah, grabbed it. Yeah, I think
1: it. Jorgensen grabbed one of the hands and just pulled it down so it couldn't get away. And y'all just beat the crap out of it and yep. finally killed it. <laughs> and it, it's just, it's such a fun creature because of the mobility that it has and the really unique abilities that that it can drain different humors to cause different effects. And, yeah. like, I used exhaustion a bunch because... That's just a terrifying thing to yeah. to get hit with. Is like, oh, I got hit one time; it dealt a good amount of damage, and I'm exhausted. Yeah. And then it's like, you get hit the next time, and you go, "Oh, please don't!" Oh, you yeah, hi hi. Yep, I have another level of exhaustion. <laughs> Wonderful, great, thanks. That's that's perfect. Yeah,
0: and each level does something different that is gets like progressively, progressively worse. worse. And yeah. if it
1: keeps happening, you just die. Yeah. And so, if if you had kept getting hit with this over and over and over again, it would have killed you just outright. No yep. death saves. You just die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somehow, yeah. Somehow I got out of it, but yeah. And it, it's it's just it such a lot a, of fun. It's though. such a fun creature, and I would recommend running it for like a tenth level party because it's technically a, a deadly encounter, mm-hmm. but. It added so many, like, such high stakes because it wasn't like a, well, if we can pin this thing down, we can just kill it to death real easily and just, you know, kick its teeth in and be done with it. It was, okay, we have finally pinned it down. This thing is ripping us to pieces. What do we do? Yeah, (laughs) And, you know, you have enough stuff at 10th level to where you can you can offset that a little bit and use some of the different spells and care, you know, class abilities to offset that and, and, mm-hmm. and work around just the overwhelming strength of this thing. Yeah. But you have to think as a higher level character not as a, okay, I'm like fifth level. I only have this many spell slots. I kind of want to be a little bit, no, no, no. You have to go all out yeah. when it's that much stronger than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And that's, that's even the tough thing now for me where like when we are doing those 20th level or 10th level characters, it's like, do I save my spells? Do I, you know, like, like for our 20th level mindset with our 20th level one shot that we're running. It's like, I like, I don't know what the big bad is. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, okay, do I save my spells and try to make sure I have something for the big bad or is this the big bad? And do I just go all out? Yeah. And it's like, ah.
1: I mean, <laughs> but obviously with, with that one, at, it at was 20th level. You can, you can get like a round or two into combat and then realize like, no, this is not the, this is not designed for 20th level characters. Yeah. Cause these are like, they they're hit, dying too. They easy. hit hard, but we're killing them pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe save that. <laughs> so yeah, which was of kind fun. of what I did with the last one shot. Heather ran. Where I was playing as as Dax. Mm-hmm. And I, I cast one of the spells that I had been excited to use with him. I cast Spiritual Weapon. Yeah. But I had a combo you can use. He's a Divine Soul Sorcerer. hmm So he gets Cleric Spells. Where you can cast Spiritual Weapon, which gives you a bonus action attack. But it's not a concentration spell. Yeah. So you can then cast spirit guardians and it's basically a giant middle finger to anything who's not your friend (laughs) that gets close to you. Yeah. So with him being punchy, I can throw up spiritual or spirit guardians and spirit weapons and then still run in and be casting those melee cantrips or those melee spells but i was like i don't know how many more fights we're going to have heather has our own character sheets upstairs <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know guarding the upper floors <laughs> so like what if we run into Lalander? what if we were run into worm you know yeah. like what what if Azrael decides to come downstairs and wild shape and start beating the crap out of everybody like what do we do if that happens yeah i'm going to save something and then we ended up beating that guy and i was like Wait, I'm a changeling. That's the warden. I can just steal his clothes and turn into <laughs> him.
0: <laughs> Which I can say for sure that the, the combat would have been really, really cool.
1: But devastating. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. For one side or the other. <laughs> yeah. I, that 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 combination of spiritual weapon and spirit guardians is so busted especially like and it, and it's so And it's
0: even what fifth level right so mm-hmm. it's it's not even like it's high yeah. level things
1: but i couldn't get myself out of that mindset of i mean my first characters that i ever played as were warlocks you mm-hmm. save your spell slots oh yeah you know you only get two of them <laughs> you're gonna cast a lot of cantrips and maybe one concentration spell over the course of a combat yep and hex hex or shadow puppets you know something like that where you can just like i'm gonna i'm gonna pick one dude and just break him yeah and then everybody else i can kind of deal with you know with my other assets and stuff but i want that other spell slot in case the combat escalates yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh all right so final one that uh we got to get into. We both agreed on. Yeah. <laughs> so this one is called the Dungeon Master. <laughs> uh, it's it's practically based off of Matt Mercer. The yeah. picture basically is it, Matt Mercer. It is Matt Mercer.
1: <laughs> He's just like animated into this like cool wizardy looking thing. Yeah. Um, I like to call the stat block. I'm fed up with you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I think the, the coolest part about it is one of his legendary actions is called Monster Manual. Mm-hmm. So he can literally just summon any creature from the Monster Manual and set it against you. Which,
1: which I would <laughs> even expand that to, okay, not just the Monster Manual. Oh, anything. Any, yeah. any of the monster compendiums or any random thing you find on Pinterest, it's like, hey, yeah. if it has a stat block... That's now available to the dungeon master to just summon into the fight. Yep. (laughs) But this, this of course is assuming your game gets super meta. Oh yeah. It's like, you know what? We're going to kill God. Okay. Which one? No, no, no. We're going to kill you. (laughs) Buckle up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, one of the things it says here in the, in this, uh, stat block is, uh, it's called spell book. The dungeon master is a twentieth level spellcaster. Its spellcasting ability is intelligence, wisdom, or charisma. Uh, <laughs> uh, it can prepare spells from any class and can prepare new spells at each dawn. Oi! <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: yeah, it can it can have. Oh
0: man! Anything. A- anything. Yeah, just anything. We'll we'll have to we'll have to post this on uh, Instagram or something. But that, like
1: that way, it'll also give you know credit to whoever made it. Oh I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure there's a created by you know signature on there. Yeah,
0: made by fifth edition homebrewing dot com. There you
1: go. <laughs> there you go. But
0: yeah, I mean this thing, I I can just imagine a dungeon master playing this thing as you know this is just me Mm -hmm. i am going after you guys (laughs) and and so you don't
1: even have to like do a crazy npc voice yeah you don't have to do any kind of wacky character just put you with ultimate power (laughs) into the campaign and say okay guys you wanted me here i am come get me (laughs) Like, like you think you're going to dish out your wrath I'm not trapped in here with you. <laughs> You're trapped in here with me. <laughs>
0: so yeah, that's. I feel like that one is kind of the ultimate, ultimate bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Although in some ways
1: this could be the ultimate good guy, the ultimate good guy as well. The, the, the de- DMPC, the, the deus Ex Machina, I mean, you know. <laughs> so it just God depends. Has shown up. <laughs>
0: yeah, it just depends on how you want to play it. Yeah, but like. This would be a horrifying bad
1: guy. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Like th- the dungeon master has decided to be against you this time. And not just in the, the meta sense of yeah. it, in the actual physical, he is now in the world. Yep. <laughs> and has decided, because you guys are the center of the universe, to make you the center of the universe.
0: <laughs> and the lore behind him is Whatever your backstory
1: is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I grew up in the church. Uh... <laughs> Random chunky nerd loves D&D. <laughs> it's like, That's our villain's backstory? Yeah, dude, it's just yeah. me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Roll a history check.
1: <laughs> you have rolled too many nat 20s over the course of this game. That's his villainous backstory. <laughs> you killed my guy by throwing him off the airship (laughs) in one hit. This was supposed to be a several tiered boss battle and you (laughs) threw him off the airship.
0: (laughs) I'm not apologizing. I I wouldn't expect you to.
1: (laughs) That that's gonna be a shirt it's gotta be a shirt As on the front i'm not apologizing and then on the back i wouldn't expect you to
0: i like it i like it a lot
1: it could even have like our our little characters from the logo yeah <laughs> mine on the front just smiling i'm not apologizing and then yours with the like head. Like, i wouldn't expect you to i like it that would be so cool
0: buy it people buy it (laughs) all all three of you (laughs) yeah we have less now you said four earlier yeah we lost somebody somewhere along the way Somebody
1: decided like i'm done with this episode
2: (laughs) (laughs) no come back come back reach
1: for me Doing the 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 thing from that old Merlin movie <coughs> where he's got the tree branch, yeah, trying to save away. <laughs> grow,
0: grow. I am so happy you've seen that,
1: dude. Nobody's seen that movie. <laughs> or it was a TV movie. It,
0: it was but, a mini series. Yeah, yeah, nobody
1: ever has seen that, and it's so good. I love that movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, D and D.
1: That'd be a fun campaign. Yeah.
0: In the in the world of Camelot and yeah. Arthur and Merlin. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I'm sure it's been done. Probably. Can I play as Frick? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to play as Frick. <laughs> well, I'm definitely not playing as Queen Mab. My voice would be yeah. thrashed at the end of that. <laughs> Every session. I, I want to I...
0: play Nimue.
1: <laughs> no, let's be honest. Mordred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, who the devil?
0: <laughs> All righty. well, that'll do it for this episode, I think. Uh, uh, thanks for listening to Critical Friendship. If you have any questions concerning anything we discussed today, you can email us at criticalfriendshippodcast at gmail.com or comment on our Instagram at CriticalfriendshipPodcast, and we'll try to answer as many as we can on our next episode.
1: Join us next time where we will be having Atreya on to give us a deep dive into why eating raw potatoes is better than cooking them. But as for now...
0: Ah, dang it, I rolled a nat 1 on giving the outro.